Hi there, this is Typical Lydia, and today on Dead Cells, we are going to talk about Dead Man Wonderland. This is one from Manglobe, who also worked on Dante's Inferno, an animated epic, and Samurai Champloo. This is a one-season, 12-episode anime aired in spring 2011. Right now, you can catch it on Netflix, Funimation, and sometimes the Cartoon Network. I loved the first episode, and while I liked the season, it never quite lived up to that level of carnage. If you are just idly checking this out for the gore, the first episode is totally worth it. By the last two episodes, it comes around again with a lot of really brutal kills and madness galore, but I felt I was waiting through the storyline for the sake of characters that would be introduced just to be killed off, which is essentially what happened. Though the lingering death scene in episode 9 was pretty cool. A summary from the Dead Man Wonderland Wikia reads, Dead Man Wonderland is about Ganta Igarashi being sentenced to death for a crime he didn't commit. He is sent to the privately run prison Dead Man Wonderland, where he meets his lost childhood friend Shiro. He soon figures out he isn't like any normal prisoner, but that he's a dead man, someone who has a branch of sin, which is the weapons that they have. This means he can control his blood freely. He is sent to G Ward and meets all the other dead men. They discover a plot set up by the Chief Warden Tamaki that has to do with the Red Man, the man who has framed Ganta, into Dead Man Wonderland. 29 kills in the first episode alone, so no wonder I fell for this off the bat. The Red Man is the mysterious antagonist that slaughters Ganta's class before his very eyes. This is the crime that he is framed for. During that first massacre, he's infected with a parasite that appeared during the devastating quake that produced the Red Hole, which is almost all that's left of Tokyo afterward. Ganta barely recalls the quake that killed his family, and it seems the families of most of his classmates and many of his future prisoner friends also perished in this tragedy. It seems that I like nearly every character except the lead role. The simpering emo whining of Ganta drives me berserk. I get it, he's human, he's 15, he's in jail, all his friends and his family are dead. Okay, sure, but wow, can it? If he doesn't trip, fall down, whine, or doubt himself to hell and back in every episode, it's a miracle. Sometimes he's like the Caillou of anime, whining, always whining. Now Crow, or Senji, is kind of the opposite. He's pretty badass. The 13th bonus episode is devoted to his backstory, which just leads me to think he could have been expanded upon within the series proper or added to a second season. His relationship with Ganta eventually develops into what saves the storyline and Ganta entirely, in my opinion, as a teacher and student to him. Ganta reminisces on how he knew Shiro when they were kids, and it's kind of touching. It also introduces the visco-elastic soldier Ace Man. This is a fictional show that Ganta was a fan of when he was a kid. I don't know about you, but I certainly had a fixation on Gachaman and maybe even He-Man when I was a kid, so Chibi Ganta's fixation on Ace Man is totally relatable, if not straight-up adorable. Shiro is another beast altogether. Skin-tight lycra outfit aside, she is super fun and just a perma-kid. Since I have a huge amount of perma-kid wriggling around inside me, I really related to her. From what I read on Wikipedia, you can unlock her costume after playing through Lollipop Chainsaw, and I do like Shiro, but that still doesn't make me want to play that game. I like her as a female character as she is not yet hypersexualized and retains her childlike exuberance for adventure and sweets, even though she can kick major ass and is pretty much immune to all the really grown-up things going on around her. That's precisely because of those two things, candy and ass-kicking. Chang and N are fascinating, and two of the three albinos in the story, Shiro being the other one. They are the director's bodyguards, and though we see really very little of them, they're quite striking in their look and limited backstory. These twins are in fact named after the famous and at one time longest living Siamese twins, Chang and Eng, 
being a fan of oddities, I noticed this homage right away. Always drawn to twins, I wish that they had played a larger role. The Chief Warden Machina is a super cool character that remains far too underdeveloped. It's okay if you don't relate to or get attached to anyone in the group of rebels she is fighting either, for that matter, since they get wiped out almost as fast as you get used to them being around. She's around until the end, though, and even though she's interesting, her character remains very surface level. It seemed so much storyline was wasted in this freedom fight thing, although it did introduce you to the Gestapo-style undertakers. They're a breed of guard that is pitted against the dead men when the prison is at a loss to control them. One of the few showcased female dead men, Minatsuki, aka Hummingbird, they all have bird nicknames like Mockingbird, Hummingbird, Woodpecker. She seems to be there as fan service. She's a psycho-nymph type with Shiro flaunting her lovely hair and perfect though fully clothed body, I suppose it is needed for some who come for the flesh to be sated. I found her kind of boring and cliche, some sort of chaste psycho slut, though a really good vehicle for brutal language and very distressing adult themes. Now Mockingbird, he is none of those things. As a bisexual-ish and androgynous type blood taster, he is the strongest dead man and can absorb powers not unlike the X-Men rogue. We only get to meet the coolest dead man, Mockingbird, at the end, and that is a real shame. Though on one hand, it's another point of redemption within the last four episodes. I probably like him best, since not only is he super crazy strong, he has a really cool way of coming about the anime, and he's also kind of a male version of Shiro. Throughout the series, their weapons get increasingly bloody, and that is really what I stayed for. The branch of sin, as it is called, is blood from the dead men's bodies that has solidified and can be melded by their will. They were infected by the nameless worm during the Great Tokyo Earthquake and one of the few survivors since many lost their lives. Upon rebuilding, Dead Man Wonderland was built at the epicenter as a massive prison reminiscent of The Running Man. Those that enjoyed that and shows like Hunger Games and Battle Royale would love the game show atmosphere. I certainly did. Then again, I'm also a huge fan of horror anime and Most Extreme Elimination Challenge, so you can see why I love this blend so much. Well, I wanted to love it. It's not without its faults, for sure. It falls prey to the late introduction of too many characters stealing the stage from the three or four that have been really developed and that you actually care and wonder about. There could have easily been two seasons with the material regarding Shiro, the Red Man, the Dead Man, the Branch of Sin. All that is sort of dulled for the sake of some kind of military and political intrigue story. I found a lot of the drama quite boring. And that is just not the horror hound in me howling. It really was that boring. The game show atmosphere, the fights, the relationships between Ganta, the two girls, Crow, that was ten times more fascinating. This is one where it may do well to read the manga, which is getting a North American release as we speak thanks to Viz Media, who have picked up the series. It used to be released under Tokyo Pop, but they folded their North American branch from what I understand, and that's why I haven't seen any Tokyo Pop on the shelves for years. The opening theme is pretty brilliant. Typical Japan-American fusion metal from Fade, but for once the song actually has something to do with the story. Pretty catchy song, nice and heavy, which fits the theme well. Within the incidental music, I hear some Twin Peaks style Angelo Badlamenti, Laura's theme maybe, and uh, some Beautiful People by Marilyn Manson guitar riff kind of stuff. There were rumors of a second season, and I really hope there will be one. It would be good timing right now, as there is a real boon for gory horror action anime, since streaming and pay services have really been popularized, they're really accessible, and they have more and more of these really great horror anime titles coming out. I may sound like I'm on the fence with this one, and maybe I am. 
While I liked the basic story, I could have done without the embellishment of freedom fighting and delve more into the histories of the inmates and the warden, the promoter and the director, let alone all the initial dead men we meet. The end was a bit of a tease, as the audience is privy to things that Ganta isn't. Had he not hinted in the last three minutes that he's going to continue his quest to have his questions answered about the death of his classmate, there would be no need for a second season, really. It kind of wraps up. It could have ended with one line. A line you'll know when you hear it, right before the very last scene. Now, for the lack of sex, I don't think anyone even kisses in this show. Don't think it's without any brutal adult themes. Some of the words that are used will be intensely offensive to some delicate little ears out there, as will two scenes of animal violence. I wouldn't say the animal deaths are gratuitous at all. They're both intrinsic to the plot. I'm personally okay with their use here, but some draw a very hard line with animal violence, so do be warned. Next, I'd like to talk about Hell Girl. I've watched this off and on, and since it isn't entirely linear and not a splatter horror, it's an anthology series in a way, I think it would be a nice break from all this blood. We can get a little more psychological and into social horror and in the vein of Death Note with a little X-Files and a little Final Destination thrown in. Thank you for listening, and if you have anything that you think I need to watch for Dead Cells, let me know here, splatterpictures.net, on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, or wherever you hang out online. Apologies for the long wait between podcasts. I'm sure a lot of people are enjoying the holiday season, as am I. What it means is I'm going to be watching a lot of cartoons, and you should be too.